Welcome to Torah Today Ministries and our continuing series called Pardon My Jargon, Correcting Our Religious Lingo. And in this episode, we're going to address one of my pet peeves, and that is the phrase sin nature. You know, growing up in the evangelical church, I heard the term sin nature or sinful nature in sermons almost every single week. It was constant. But this phrase was found nowhere in any of our English translations, at least none of the ones I could find, until the appearance of the New International Version uh, in the late 1970s. So, the question is, if the English phrase sin nature or sinful nature is a good translation of the Greek, then why isn't it found in any earlier English translations? This is an example of where a common usage, a common verbiage in the pulpit crept in to an English translation. But here's the problem. If Paul wanted to express the phrase sin nature, he had perfectly good Greek words to express that. There are words for sin and there are words for nature, but that is not what he did. What did he do? Well, let's take a look first at the NIV and how it translates the two places where it is found in the NIV. It's only found twice in the New International Version. The first is Romans 7.18. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the, the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Think how hopeless that verse is. Paul is saying, yes, I'm a believer, I, I, I love God, I love Messiah, and in my mind I want to do what's right, I believe what's right, but I have a sinful nature, I'm a slave to it. I can't do anything except what my sinful nature dictates. How hopeless, and this is not at all what Paul wanted to express, not at all. You know, if you believe that by nature you are sinful and you have a nature to sin, then what hope is there? And even Paul seems to say there's just simply no hope for this. And even when he does start to express a little hope, a few verses later in verse 25, he says, Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. So it sounds like Paul's saying the only way we can truly serve God is only mentally. But when it comes to practice, we're just hopeless because our nature is to sin. I'm a slave to it. This is an example of how translations can create a picture in our mind that will change our behavior. And unfortunately, and I know this is not what evangelicalism wishes to do, but unfortunately, evangelicalism has given the world the impression that it doesn't matter how you live or how you behave. All that matters is that your theology is correct. And I've heard this from a number of people. It's kind of heartbreaking. And again, I know that is not what evangelicalism wants to project. But based on mistranslations like this, this has come to be part of how evangelicals tend to think. 
long as your theology is correct, you're good. And behavior, do your best, but we don't really expect much. But you have to think right. So the question is, what is the Greek word that Paul uses that is now being translated in the NIV two times as sinful nature? The Greek word is the word sarx. It's just one word. Sarx. And it means flesh. That is the word that we should be using. And again, let me remind you, if Paul wanted to express sinful nature, there are perfectly good Greek words for sinful and for nature. He does not use those. He uses this word very specifically because this is what he means. And my purpose for this entire series, pardon my jargon, is that we begin to use accurate English words to reflect what is being spoken and written in the Hebrew and the Greek. The flesh is my problem. This is my problem. Not a sinful nature inside of me that I'm a slave to. It's this stuff. We have to understand something. Throughout the scriptures, a person is described as being a soul. But we have a body made of flesh and we have a spirit. And these two are at war with one another. And my flesh has the same appetites, the same drives as any animal, as an ape. Just like an ape wants to eat when it wants to eat, it wants to sleep when it wants to sleep, it wants to fight when it wants to fight, and it wants to do everything else when it wants to do it. It's driven completely by its flesh. But we as human beings have something else. We have a spirit. And it has d drives as well. And here I am in the middle, and I can choose to follow the flesh or I can follow the spirit. And so I don't have to be a slave to the flesh. God has given me a new way to live. And this is what Paul is trying to express. Let's go on a bit further. In Galatians 5.17, this is how the English Standard Version uh, translates this verse. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. They're contrary to the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are contrary to the flesh. They're against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. And of course, as Paul goes on, he says, if we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust, the strong desires of the flesh. This is a little aside. I think our problem is, is that we, we want to walk in the flesh and we want to walk in the Spirit at the same time. We would like to keep this seesaw level. It doesn't work that way. You're either walking in the spirit and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh, or you're walking in the flesh and not fulfilling the desires of the spirit. And so the way to battle the flesh is not to battle the flesh. The way to defeat the flesh is to simply walk in the spirit. And what is that? That means doing each moment of the day what is meaningful to the kingdom of God. You're going to do what you desire. So we need to be very careful that the things we desire most are the things that God desires because we're going to do what we desire to do most every single time. 
So let's learn to appreciate and love the things of God. Let's desire the things of God more than anything else, and we will walk in the Spirit. And when we walk in the Spirit, the flesh becomes our servant instead of us becoming its slave. So let's get back on track with the, the translations. Now, though the NIV uses the term sinful nature two times, I'm disappointed to have to tell you that the translation that uses this term the most is actually the complete Jewish Bible. I really admire Dr. David Stern's translation in the complete Jewish Bible, but in this one instance, I really have to sharply disagree with him because he wants to use the term old nature over and over and over again. That's better than sinful nature. But he uses the term old nature 31 times in his translation. And here's how he translates this same verse that we just read. For the old nature wants what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit wants what is contrary to the old nature. But here's the problem. The moment we call the flesh my nature, it becomes my soul. But it's not part of my soul, it's my flesh. The thing that wants to drive me to sin is in the flesh. It's not in my soul. My soul can choose either one. But the moment you make sin your nature, you drive it deeper, deeper than the scriptures would express to where it becomes part of what I am. And I am not a body, I have a body. It's what my, I walk around in. It's my earth suit, so to speak. But it's not me. It can serve me, or I can serve it. And there are times that I need to, if it's, if it's sick or if it's broken or if it's been wounded, I need to serve it. But I'm never to be a slave to it because I am a soul. But the moment you make sin your nature, or you make the flesh your nature, you've driven it deeper into a territory it does not belong. And if we start thinking of this as being our nature, then we're going to feel defeated. We're going to feel hopeless. We need to translate the words accurately. And the word that Paul uses consistently through this is the word flesh. The flesh is the enemy. This is why we need new bodies. One that will submit fully and completely and whose desires will be completely in line with the spirit and the soul. Let's go a little further. Now, Greek does have a perfectly good word for nature. And it's used, I don't know, a dozen or 15 times. And it's the word phusis, phusis. This is the Greek word for nature, for human nature. And let's look at how Paul uses it in the book of Romans. In Romans 2, verses 14 and 15, listen to what Paul says. For when Gentiles who do not have the Torah, by phusis, by nature, by nature do what the Torah requires. Let's stop there for a second. They're doing by nature the things of the Torah, though they do not even know the words of the Torah. In other words, Paul's saying there is something built into the nature of the human being that wants to do what's right. It's weak, 
and the flesh comes to conquer it, but there are people in the world who don't know the Torah, they don't know the Word of God, but they're still striving to do what's right because they have a sense of what's right and what's wrong. After all, didn't the Master say that when the Spirit came, it would convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment to come? In every human being, there's this awareness that there is a standard of righteousness and there is a, such a thing as sin. It's built into us. And Paul is saying that there are some people, Gentiles, who don't have the Torah, but by nature are doing what the Torah requires. They are a Torah to themselves. And it goes on. So what Paul does have to say about our nature he doesn't describe it as sinful. Our problem is the flesh, but we also have a spirit. Our flesh wants to pull us to live like animals, but our spirit wants us to pull us to where we live in alignment with God. And this should not surprise us, because after all, we were created in God's image. We are to be the image bearers of our Creator. And sin is not what makes me human. Sin is what makes me less human. Some time ago, someone just casually said, aren't you just tired of being human? And I responded, I'm tired of not being human enough. And it's interesting that nowhere does it say that um, the Word became a human. It says the Word became flesh. Because, you see, the more we become like God, the more godly we live, the more spiritual lives we live, the more righteous lives we live, the more human we become. And the enemy's goal is to use sin to make us less human, to make us more like animals. Does that make sense to you? So, I think what David Stern is doing in his translation in the Complete Jewish Bible is he's trying to capture the, the Hebrew phrase yetzer hara, which means evil inclination. And so he uses this term, the old nature, <clears throat> and um, which is better than sinful nature that the NIV uses. But as much as Judaism talks about the yetzer hara, it also talks about the yetzer hatov, the good inclination. And these, I think, are Hebrew terms trying to refer to the, the spiritual drives and the, the fleshly drives. But I still think we're safest to stick with the words Paul used, that the scriptures use, and translate them literally and accurately into English. So, just a, a couple more passages here. In the complete Jewish Bible, in Ephesians 4.22, it states, then so far as your former way of life is concerned, you must strip off your old nature because your old nature is thoroughly rotted by its deceptive desires. Now here is a place where Paul uses a different term than nature. This is what he says. The New American Standard translates this much more accurately and says, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old man. And the word for man, there's the word anthropos. Anthropos, where we get, uh, you know, which we, we find 
uh, making its way into many English words. You lay aside the old man. And what Paul is simply saying here is that you were used to living one way, and that's the old way. But you've been made new creations. And God has made everything new when you gave your life to him and you placed your faith in Yeshua. So now, start walking in the newness of life. So the word nature is not being used here at all. Sinful nature is not being used. It's simply the old man. May I suggest that if you are in the struggle to put off the old man, that you make sure you put on the new man. It's very important that if we sweep out the old, we replace it with the new. And if we get rid of something negative in our lives, we replace it with something positive because we do not want to create a vacuum. So again, the the thrust of this teaching is that we understand that our nature is not to sin. God has created us in his image We are created in Messiah Yeshua for good works. That applies to every human being. And this is why human beings who fall more and more into the grip of sin become more and more miserable. And human beings who begin to practice righteousness become more and more happy and more joyful because that is the nature that God has wired into us. Sin doesn't make us more human. It makes us less human. It makes us more animalistic. And God says, I want you to be a human being. You're not an angel. You're not an animal. You're to be a human being in my image, to bear my image in the physical world. So I have good news for you. Your nature is not to sin. Sin is contrary to your nature. But you don't defeat sin just by trying to resist it and strain and and fret but instead to walk in the Spirit. Find out what God wants you to do day by day, moment by moment. Do what is meaningful for the building of His kingdom. Walk in His will. And you'll find your flesh to be a good servant. But it makes a horrible master. You may need to go back and listen to this short teaching again just to make sure you get it in your mind. But if we begin to align our thoughts with the the words of Scripture, You'll find it affecting your behavior. So I hope this has been a blessing to you. And until next time, I wish you shalom. That's a wrap.